0: Welcome to Women Igniting Change, the place to be for women leaders and decision makers who are passionate about changing the world and determined to act. I'm your host, Robin Jorgensen, former corporate executive, global speaker, and founder and CEO of Women Igniting Change. Let's dive in. Hello, change makers. Welcome back to the Women Igniting Change podcast. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Ghazal Qureshi, She was named to the Forbes 50 over 50 list for 2023. She is an Inc Magazine top 200 female founder on Entrepreneur Magazine's 100 Women of Influence list and is the CEO of UpBrainery. Ghazal is on a mission to build better brains through artificial intelligence and machine learning and aims to transform education by expanding accessibility around the world.
1: Ghazal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. I'm very, very excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to dive into this topic because AI, as you and I both know, is at the forefront of conversation globally. What first ignited your passion to dive into education, particularly in STEAM subjects? Um, so, you
1: know, the reason that I actually got into this was partly because of my background I have a degree in computer okay. science I had been in that space uh, for a while and then of course, after my kids came in, I was much more involved in the educational space uh, you know seeing what they were actually interacting with what kind of work they were doing and I saw that there was a huge need for project-based learning for steam learning and this is you know I'm talking about back in 2010. Um, 2011, when STEM and STEAM were, were basically just upcoming buzzwords, and, um, right. and I saw that opportunity and I really wanted my kids to be involved in it, and I knew that this, if this is something that would benefit my kids, it would benefit a whole lot of other kids uh, you know, uh, around, around us and everywhere.
0: As a successful entrepreneur with that background in computer science that you just mentioned, what inspired you to transition from the corporate world to founding educational ventures like Ideal Lab Kids and Upbrainery Technologies?
1: Um, so again, uh, you know that is a such a loaded question, and it's a di- completely different perspective whether you ask me or my husband, because he's been I'm sure it is. <laughs> <first> <laughs> entire journey, right? So um, for me personally, uh, you know, I was a I was a sixteen year old high school senior that came from Pakistan into the United States. So my educational journey was a little different as opposed Mm -hmm. to when I um, had my kids and all three of my kids are fairly spaced uh, close in age and I saw them going through that educational journey, I saw a huge gap in in the educational system, especially in the elementary ages. And I felt that there was something that I could do personally as a mom and uh, be able to have a better handle on their education and the things that I wanted them to learn. Um, and I actually ended up quitting my job to the horror of my husband, uh, because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> take, I'm, I'm gonna take charge, I'm gonna get involved and I'm going to be, um, you know, very involved in their educational system or in their educational uh, journey. And I quickly realized that, you know, as much as I have, you know, these grand ideas, I'm not an educator. And I and I admire the educators that have the patience and that have the training and the knowledge on how to handle, you know, training and educating young children. So a long story short, I um, actually ended up, you know, now I wasn't going to admit to my husband that I'd made a big mistake, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like that ego play in there. And I, 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 I know, so I'm like, what do I do? How, you know, how do I how do I backtrack this? And one of the things that I could think about was, okay, I have great ideas and I know that I can find the right people to execute them, but maybe I can perhaps put those ideas together and my kids could benefit because they would have the advantage of being part of these type of programs that I'm envisioning and I could build a business around it perhaps. So it was a very long journey to come to that realization but I always tell people it was the selfish reason of not having to go back to work or to admit to my husband that I made a mistake.
0: Yeah, and this kind of goes to my next question because you've you've been known to quote, when building a business, It's important not to try and boil the ocean, but focus on a small niche perfect it, and then move on. And that is so insightful because I think, well, you and I both know this, starting any venture can feel completely overwhelming where it's so big, you don't even know where to start. So I love that concept of you don't have to boil the ocean. You literally can start here. So speak a little bit more about your philosophy around that. So Robin, I wish, I
1: knew this before I started. So again, I think my ideas are bigger than my capacity sometimes and I had to yeah. learn the hard way. I mean, I literally had to learn the hard way on how to actually narrow down the niche, how to how to actually work on one solve one problem, move on to the next and then and then continue on. But it, it was a hard lesson that I learned, but it was definitely well worth it because you know after a few years that i had been working on idea lab kids so that was the first venture that i had um you know that i company that i launched and always i knew that you know i wanted to tackle the entire stem the entire steam space you know and that includes Mm -hmm. science technology engineering arts mathematics anything that you can think of falls into that space depending on how you put it together so you know i'm here I am you know just jumping straight in and saying, "Okay, you know we're going to be the experts in in science and technology and engineering and coding and robotics and all of that, and I had to learn that you know I have to temper myself as a business i mean this is just one example but it could be for any other business as well. We developed some programs you know, uh, prove that we are experts in it, move on to the next one, develop those, you know, start moving on and conquering the space in that sense. And the same thing goes not just for the product, but also the customers that you go after. So going after, uh, you know, one part of the market, conquering that, Making a name for yourself in that market really helps open up the doors for when the time is right to move into the the secondary market, into the you know, into be able being able to expand. But right off the bat, I mean, I jumped in and I'm you know I'm making these plans to take over the world basically, and I really uh, credit as yes, we me. all do. Uh, Yeah, I think we're women, right? Uh, You know, we know we can handle it. We can raise kids, we can be successful in work and business and all of that. But I really have to give credit to my husband, who is, you know, much more pragmatic, uh, much more practical, uh, comes from the finance world, and literally had to, like, hold me back a little bit and teach me Mm -hmm. that I needed to be able to you know, be successful in whatever space it was that I wanted to start with first and then take over, you know, then go into the next phase and whatnot. So it, it's been a beautiful journey. It's been hard, but, um, you know, I've learned those lessons and definitely want to be able to pass those on to, you know, to the future generation of women leaders and entrepreneurs, um, you know, learn from my mistakes and, you know, be Take one step at a time.
0: When you created Upbrainery, you could have just created a traditional STEM slash STEAM company, but you incorporated AI, machine learning, neuroscience-backed content. So you really took your concept to the next level. What drove you to embed those components and elements into Upbrainery's platform?
1: So you have to understand uh, Upbrainery was actually, you know, it's, it's my second company. It is the, big, the second big educational endeavor that I've taken on. So throughout my journey with Idea Lab Kids, um, you know, I was there for 11 years and I was, you know, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned, you know, what are the things that, how not to build a business, how to build a business, how to expedite <laughs> different things, what, you know, what it is that, you know, um, could be done differently and be done better. And I always knew that, you know, with my background in technology, with my background now for the, for the last 10, 11 years in educational space, I knew that content of what we are teaching our kids is key. It's not only the content, but also really personalizing. And understanding what each individual needs, whether it's a child or a young adult. We have been unfortunately in the space where you know we didn't have an option before to be able to, you know, we have to teach to the masses. You have a classroom where you have sometimes 30 plus kids in a classroom, and a teacher is human. A teacher can only deliver the content in one fashion, be able to personalize in some level, but not really cater to every single student. And to me, the yeah. answer was a little obvious and I don't wanna be like, you know, kind of sound like I, I, I'm a miss know it all, but that's not it at all. But I think it's coming from my technology background. You know, I knew that the answer lies in technology. The way to be able mm-hmm. to Personalize the way to be able to really touch everybody on what really makes sense for them can can be done through technology. And that was the reason that I put these two things together. And of course, I can't take credit for all these ideas. I mean, I can take credit for knowing how to go after the right type of people. The experts, the ones that that know what they're talking about, as opposed to me, you know, putting these ideas together, going, Oh, it wouldn't it be great okay. if we could do this? So putting that team together was the biggest key. Putting a team of neuroscientists, data analysts, technology experts. Um, you know, I cannot give enough credit to the curriculum experts, all of those people that came together with the same passion that I had in order to make a change in the world. And that's how Upbrainry was born.
0: So let's dive into to Brain Lab a little bit more, because that's where you were alluding to. It's so unique because you offer experiential courses for career exploration. Because I think in our traditional school system, you're supposed to know what you want to do with the rest of your life by the time you're 17 or 18 years old and there's not a ton of that exploration while you're in high school or even middle school to really try on different hats to see what you like what you might be good at so i love the concept of brain lab and how it differs from our traditional education system so what advantages does that program provide to students what do you see One of the things
1: um, that we see as a problem in a traditional school system, or it could even be a private school system, you know, public or private, uh, we Mm -hmm. suffer from the same um, lack of resources and the same lack of, um, you know, teachers that honestly, they're great at what they do, which is teach, but they may not know about every single career that's out there. And how are you supposed to actually help Divert the attention or to help a student be able to understand what careers they may be good for, or their may their interests may apply um better towards those careers versus some others. I think that's where we run into the issue of what we call a zip code barrier because there are historically zip codes that may never have been able to have access to either you know people that can model certain types of careers or um, experts in those careers that can come in and teach those students. So that's the problem but that exposure histor- not there. Absolutely, and it's just not even humanly possible. I mean, you're talking about yeah. NASA being in Houston, but why is it that a child in Seattle or a, a child in you know in Chicago should not have access to those experts? Should not have access to the learning that can come from a you know, rocket scientists or anybody else working okay. at NASA. So that's a problem that can be solved through technology, and that's where the whole concept of Brain Lab, which is our um, proprietary technology platform, was born, in order to to really make that accessible to each and every student. And then the other big problem is that you know the lack of counselors, academic counselors. The resources are so limited. In school systems, you have, I think, an average, about one counselor for every 500 students. And when you're talking about 500 students that you have to help understand what their interests are, what could be a, you know, the potential path past high school, what could be a degree right. that they could go after, a vocational program that they can go after, what careers that they get into. It's just not humanly possible. And that's where Brain Lab Mm -hmm. comes in and puts all of those um, tools in the hands of the counselors, teachers, and students.
0: That's incredible. I I love that. So you have numerous partnerships, some of which are Whataburger, NASDAQ, and the Department of Defense. How have these collaborations impacted your platform's growth and the reach of Upbrainery? Um.
1: And this is a tip. I mean, this is a very, um, I think, um, good use case on how to pivot when you need to pivot, right? So Upbringing was actually launched in 2020, literally two weeks before all the schools shut down. So I what? Yeah. I mean, here you have this whole team of experts that we have put together and we're, you know, and I'm thinking, OK, I've built a company before. I've learned all my lessons. I know what to do. Um, This is going to be right. so fast and such a better experience to build this company. But, you know, lo and behold, I mean, COVID came and shut down all the potential customers that we possibly could envision to right. work with. And it was it was literally about a year and a half to two years before anybody was even back on track and not running like their head was cut off. Right. And uh-huh. what do you do in between? I mean, you have a company, you have employees, you have a team, you're building a product. Um, so we did the next best thing. We actually went out and we were very um Grateful for these amazing partners that came, you know, into our fold and worked with us on actually bringing some of this education and literally testing it out along the way to kids that were stuck at home. So instead of going to the wow. schools, we were able to, yeah. So we were able to work with Waterburger Girl Scouts. We were able to work with Erickson on bringing some of these programming into the hands of the students. And we learned a lot of lessons through that as well, because now there's this whole new world of stay at home kids, parents being teachers, you know. So we Mm -hmm. learned how to build our technology platform the right way, how to put the materials the right way, how to have um, experiments and do it yourself activities that they were actually able to do. In their own home versus in a school environment, so we learned a lot. But um, you know, our primary focus now is going working directly with schools and districts, providing this tool directly to them, so their teachers are able to use this to facilitate their classrooms. Um, but we're you know continue to working with some of these partners. The Department of Defense is actually rolling out our technology into all of their schools on military bases. And, um, and we're very excited about that partnership.
0: Yeah, so let's stay with the Department of Defense for just a moment. You have a $5 million contract with them um, to help them with their career and technical education platform. Elaborate on the significance of that a little bit. Um,
1: you know, when you're talking about a small company in its infancy, any partnership of that magnitude is, um, is make or break, right? Um, I mean, it's something right. that, um, you know, it's, it's a huge partnership. It gives us the credibility. It allows us to be able to build our platform, to build our offerings and our products and services and be able to then deploy them without having to worry about bringing in additional customers right away. And that has right. really helped us be able to leverage that partnership and be able to focus on delivering the right product to them, testing it out, making sure any of the changes that are needed, um, you know, tweaking the, the programming, twe- tweaking the platform. Um, but it's also it's also a big responsibility because it's one customer. So... Right. Uh, You know, we focused for about a year and a half on just making sure that everything was done every or about a year, I think, on everything was done, everything was ready and implemented correctly with them. And now this year, we're actually this summer going on a roadshow to take our platform to all the other school districts and saying, look, this is what we did. We know that, you know, if you know, we can handle that, you know, we can handle whatever needs you may have. So. It's really been a blessing.
0: So you've expanded your reach to 13 countries. How do you envision the platform's global impact on education and career development? Um, you know, again,
1: that's that's a heavy question because, <laughs> you know, when you're looking at, um, at, you know, for example, you know, I'm not, in the middle of education, right? I'm not in a classroom. I've never had that, um, had to have the restrictions of how to teach thousands of kids with limited resources. Um, I've never had to deal with that. So I can just, you know, just sit here and dream. And, um, and, And what we have dreamt of is that, you know, maybe there's a better way for students to understand what it is that that gets them excited you know what it is that makes them want to learn because i'll give you a prime example my son um when he was in third grade was diagnosed severely add he had a hard time with math he was not able to really do well we ended up putting in moving him to a different school where the teacher really spent the time and To all fairness, he had six kids in his classroom. So the teacher Mm -hmm. was able to really personalize that education. He was able to teach my kids in the scenario of hockey because my son was playing hockey and that's all he dreamt about. He was able to teach him math in the scenario of a hockey player and how the puck moves and how things happen. And my son excelled in math. He did so well that he said he was bored because he needed more child. (laughs) And he did the same thing with other kids in the classroom. My son wasn't the only one, but that's how the school modeled their teaching. But they could only do that because they were teaching six kids at a time. So to me, if we're talking about, um, you you know, the reach of the platform, to be able to really find that one thing that makes somebody go, I love to learn. I want to learn more because I want to know how this helps me in the interest that I'm in. I, I love cars. I want to know how the engine of a car works, but I'm learning engineering. I don't realize it, but I'm learning engineering. I'm learning physics, right? right. The, that's, that's our mission is to really personalize whether a child is sitting in the United States or a child is sitting somewhere else across the world to be able to really get them what gets them excited. And to, to make lear- the love of learning just s- that, you know, make that flame just come to, to light. I don't even know how to say it properly, but I just, you know, that's what gets me excited, gets me up every day.
0: That is that is such a brilliant concept and what an innovative approach to education. That's That's amazing. So as a female CEO in the tech industry, you have broken so many barriers. And as I said at the beginning of the show, you've received accolade upon accolade. What message do you have for women aspiring to leadership roles in traditionally male-dominated fields like tech?
1: Um, One thing I'm definitely going to say is never take no for an answer. My experience um, with tech has always been interesting, right? And my journey uh, started in the early 90s when I went and somebody said, hey, computer science is a great, you know, growing field. Maybe you should try that. And I didn't know anything about it. I'd taken one class in high school and that was a basic, it, like literally the language was called basic programming. And no, I, I <laughs> right? So I was like, okay, well, that's. Cool. I mean, it, it allows you to kind of think uh, and, and, you know, come up with solutions. So, you know, sounds good. I'll go do that. One in three women in my large department, pretty lonely journey, but it didn't stop me. It didn't really, uh, you know, make me feel like I was making a mistake. I was able to get my degree. It got me into a great job, um, you know, multiple jobs and things. So my journey was was amazing. And my advice would be that, you know, even if you feel like this is not for you, you don't have to become an expert in tech. What you have to be is open to understanding how it works, how it can be applied, and how you can bring your own unique perspective to create a new solution. Because for the life of me, you know, my degree is is a dinosaur. I mean, tech moves so fast. I can't keep up. There's right. no way. I mean, my kids talk about like, you know, the time when you went to school on a dinosaur, you know, <laughs> they, they make fun of me. But um, but the thing is that, you know, just staying abreast of the new technology, the new developments, you know, reading a lot of a lot about it, reading articles, just staying ahead. I'm able to actually Think about ways where I could find the right people (laughs) and be able to help them see how we can put two and two together to build a very unique and different product. So, again, you know, coming back to my advice would be never take no, know your strengths. And if you're not good at something, just at least know how you can come up with new ideas and find the right people to put things together.
0: So you founded UpBrainery at the age of 51. And I think a lot of women, they don't think they can create a business or make a huge pivot once they've established themselves in their professional career. They, they've baked it in for 25, 30 years. And they're like, well, it's too late to change it now. What message or advice would you give about pursuing your passions and your dreams regardless of age? I think,
1: you know, my my thing would be it's never a good time and it's always a good time and what oh, i mean by that oh, i love
0: that so much <laughs>
1: because That's so if, true so, so true you sit there and you will come up with a million reasons why you can't do something right now because you need such and such to happen you need your kids to be you know past a certain age so that you can focus more You need, you know, um, yourself to be in a certain income bracket. So you have a certain amount of savings. You know, it could be a million reasons why it's not a good time. But yet it's never a better time than today. And I say that because, you know, if you keep overanalyzing. They're always going to keep finding reasons. But yet, if yeah. you start taking small steps towards, you know, your passion and see where it leads to and gets you so excited that you're waking up in the morning and doing what you need to do, whether it's for work or for your personal reasons, just so that you can get those done out of the way and move on to your passion project. Now, that is a you know, one day you're going to wake up and go, OK, wait, you know, what do I need to do to work full time on this project? So, again, it's different for everybody, but I would say if there is an idea, you know, in the back of your head, something that you want to do, there's no better time than today to at least start working towards it, start researching, start putting some things together, because if you don't do it, somebody else will.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you had this experience, but I've certainly had this in the, the 13 years since I started Women Igniting Change. If you ignore those voices in your head that say you should do XYZ, they just get really loud. <laughs> and to the point where you can't ignore them anymore. And you're like, okay, okay, I give in. I gotta do something with this. Do you find that too where it just keeps getting louder and louder?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I have like two or three projects that are sitting in my back pocket, and I'm like, and mm-hmm. you know, I should be listening to my own advice. I'm like, okay, I need to get to them. <laughs> you know, before the end of the year or before, you know, the next month. And again, right. you know, it gets to a point where like, I'm waking up in the middle of the night thinking, you know, somebody else going to do this. I need to, you know, yeah. I could have done this much by now since I've been thinking about it, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's just a truly a, a sign of somebody that's passionate about something.
0: So how do you see upbraineries shaping the future of the workforce? Five years from now, 10 years from now, how do you see the, literally the transformation of the workforce due to what you're putting out in the world?
1: Um, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if we can make a small dent even on helping mm-hmm. students and teachers understand that there are tools out there, that there are things that right. can help them you know, avoid the pitfalls. I mean, everybody's going to make mistakes, right? But currently, I mean, if you look at the statistics right now, just looking at the kids that are going to four-year colleges, 75% of them after graduation are wishing that they had done something completely different. I mean, look at all of us. How many different things have we done? I mean, where we were when we started and pivots that we all took and where we are today. And I'm not saying that, you know, we should... Just go straight into the one thing that we're going to do for the rest of our lives. Absolutely not. I mean, what's the fun in that, right? But to be able to avoid, you know, college debt, to be able to avoid a few years between changing majors and things like that, if you can go directly to something that works for you at that time, and then you grow from it and you pivot if you want to. I think that's the effect I would love for a brain read to be able to make on the lives of kids. And I feel like, you know, I've three of my own Guinea pigs <laughs> in our house. <laughs> and, um, and we feel like we kind of did a pretty decent job with them, you know, and, and tried it out uh, and made sure. And all of those lessons we're putting into our platform and, of course, you know, all the neuroscientists and the educational experts that we're working with, you know, they're all bringing their expertise to the table to help really hone in on, on what makes somebody excited about a career path. And if we can make yeah. a dent in a small percentage of the kids, the, the, imagine, the, imagine the trajectory of some of the lives can be changed through sustainable income, you know, because if kids are going in and getting a degree and not knowing what to do with it, that,
0: that mm-hmm. is a shame. Where can our listeners learn more about Upbrainery?
1: Um, so you can be, um, you know, there's Upbrainery's website, which is uh, www.upbrainery.com. Uh, we're also pretty active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, LinkedIn is my personal favorite because, you know, I don't have the capacity to be um, over all over social media. So I stick to my tried and true, which is LinkedIn. So um, anybody's, you know, able to, uh, are looking for more information, looking to connect. That's where I could be found.
0: Fantastic. Gazelle, thank you so much. This was very informative and educational. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This was exciting. Thanks, Robin. For
0: our listeners, we will have links to Upbrainery, Ghazal's LinkedIn profile, and more resources in the show notes. And we will see you back here next time. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Women Igniting Change. I know creating change matters to you. If you enjoy what we talk about on the show, please take one action today and share it with someone who could benefit from listening. Until next time, keep standing up and speaking out for what matters.